Welcome to the Innovate for Impact podcast. This podcast is for leaders in the social sector like you who want to make a difference. Each episode is packed with practical ideas on how you can be more innovative and create an even bigger social impact. We share our ideas on what you can do and also speak to leaders from the sector to share best practice. So let's get into it and let's talk impact. Hi everyone, it's Tracy Newman here and Dan Bentley from Impacto Consulting. And today, what are we going to talk to everyone about, Dan? We're talking about how an innovation budget can help your people to feel more creative and be able to take risks. Which is pretty cool because I think being more creative and able to take safe risks is a a massive part of organisational culture. So I guess let's kick off where we always usually do and talk about, well, why is this important? Yeah, I think for me, it's important because there's a number of different factors that come into play that enable people to be able to take risks and do things different. And I think when you have a pool of money aside that can be used as a safe way to take those risks, it enables you as a senior leader, but also your people to kind of know that you can play with that money and and not fail. I think that's the biggest thing. You know, you don't want to bet your whole organization on a risk, right? Your board's probably not going to be too happy with that. And maybe some of your supporters, but also some of your staff might get a bit nervous too if you're betting the house on it. So having this sort of pool of resources set aside enables you to take these risks, but without having to sort of, you know, bet everything. You might just say that this is the amount of money that we've got for these new ideas. It's ring fenced. It's only accessed for certain ideas etc etc and then yeah you can then use that and I think one of the things that we hear a bit when we start talking about this is that the concept that people's mind automatically kind of goes to you know tech startups that have you know millions of dollars that they're investing in new ideas and testing and things like that so what sort of dollar value are we talking about that an organization might need to be able to you know create a program like this Yeah, I think it really comes down to what you can afford, I think. We've seen organizations do this with a couple of thousand dollars. We've seen others do it with a lot more than that, but nothing up in the millions of dollars in the sort of work that we do. But yeah, I think, you know, it could be five, it could be 10, 50. You know, an organization we're speaking to recently on another webinar that we did, I think theirs was about $50,000 a year or something like that. And it was cut up into $5,000 chunks. And you would apply for one of these $5,000 grants, I guess, an internal grant. And if it met the criteria, then you had that $5,000 to get your project off the ground and and started. So it can be really anything, I think. It's just more so about having it there. I think that's what's more important. Yeah. So I'm really interested when you say, you know, it's more so about having it there. What are the kinds of things that we notice when an organization does have that dedicated fund versus when, you know, an organization doesn't have any funds allocated to innovation? Firstly, it's sort of carrying on from what I said earlier. It allows people to feel like they can take risks because like I said, they're not betting the house on this. They are just using the innovation pool money. It's been already assigned everybody's expectations from the board all the way through to the front, you know, your frontline workers, they all understand why it's there. It needs to be used for innovation, bring your ideas forward. I think that's, you know, one of them. I think another one as well is that it allows people to get their ideas off the ground. So some things you don't need money for, but sometimes there are things that do need that little bit of investment. And, you know, there's nothing worse than when somebody's like, oh, you know, I've been thinking about this problem with our clients and I've got this amazing idea and someone just turns around and goes yeah but we can never afford that you know and the person's kind of like ah well that sucks you guys it would change the world kind of thing 
this budget is not necessarily going to solve that problem. You may still have situations where you cannot do what people want to do. But in the situations where you can, it's pretty cool to be able to have a process, I think, where someone can say, well, I want to, I want to have, give this a crack, you know. I really believe in this idea. You know, I've really sort of thought this through. And we'll talk a little bit about like, you know, some of those pro- types of processes later. But yeah, I guess if it meets the criteria, that person can can get access to this funding to be able to go and make this thing happen. So I think that's really cool too. I think it sends a strong message about the priorities within an organisation as well, because you can't say, oh, innovation is really important to us. It's so important that we've allocated zero money in our budget towards being innovative. So there's a bit of a contradiction there, isn't it? So it doesn't have to be significant, but the fact that the message that it sends that you actually have a budget at least recognises that that is organisationally important. Yeah, no, I think that's a really good point. You know, we talk about this a lot in a number of our different bits of content is that how important, you know, those subconscious messages you're sending to people are. You know, you, you say one thing, but then your behavior says the story that people are also listening to that as well. We, we've worked with organizations in the past that are saying all the right things, but it's those little things around not having an innovation budget, no way of changing things, all those sorts of side things that make people really understand you don't really want to change anything you're just saying that you want to change things whereas like you said this actually says we are changing things it's about who is going to help us change those things and that's what the budget's for yeah it's those little organizational messages that scream so much louder than any words that you can say when people can look around and and see the other signals that demonstrate what is valued and what is important and it actually inspires people I think if they understand that they're supported to make a change then all of a sudden they're much more interested in doing that whereas you could be asking people to be more innovative and you could be asking people to think about things from the client's perspective but if they're not supported when they go to do that then that can actually create quite a bit of internal conflict and then that's where people you know will often disengage and and sort of mentally check out they'll physically turn up but they won't really be interested in what they can do to help take your organization further yeah I think there's also like a cultural aspect to this as well in terms of organizational culture like the culture of your people where we've seen where this has been used before individuals in the organization go oh my god really like there's a certain types of people who are just like maybe that entrepreneurial type spirit they're like wow like this is a really cool thing my employer is doing they are really serious and like i'm an ideas person and i want to like get out there and i want to try and like change the world like those sorts of people when you launch something like that you can get people really really excited I'm getting really excited just thinking about it right now. Like I've been in, you know, there and seen this. It really reminds me of what it was like. But yeah, like it does. It's exciting. I think it's really exciting when you're saying like, we've got this budget for change and, you know, we're serious about this. And there's people who are those problem solvers. It really makes them light up and they go, yeah, like I'm inspired and I want to get out there and do it. And there's lots of studies that have been done around this. When people feel like they're making a difference and they can make a difference, they love their job a hell of a lot more than when they feel like it's just Groundhog Day every day and they've got to just deal with what they're given, right? So I think that's another part of it. Hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, within the sectors, sometimes something like that can be a real differentiator in terms of holding on to really the people that you want to hold on to who are really valued in your organisation. You know, there are many things within this sector that are difficult for our employees to navigate each day. So if we can give them those moments of inspiration and those things that, you know, can 
help them feel that they're really valued and that they do get to make a difference, then you're really tapping into their intrinsic values and those intrinsic motivators. And, you know, you will notice that there will be that real uplift across the organisation, even for people who, you know, aren't really ideas people, but it's kind of contagious, isn't it? Yeah, I think where we've seen this be deployed before, there's sometimes people that you just never would have expected have jumped up and gone, hey, I want a part, I want a piece of this. You know, I want to be a part of this. I care just as much about our clients as everybody else. I may not see myself as this person, but I reckon my idea is good enough to get up and get funding for. So yeah, I'm going to move forward too. So yeah, I think there's, there's so many benefits, whether it be for your clients, whether it be for your people, whether it be for your organization in the future. And I think you've got to be able to change. You've got to be able to make, you know, at the, the end of the day, just managing the status quo, we talk about it a lot traditionally doing what you've always done that will get to a point where you become irrelevant okay so you've got to do innovation we know that's i think everybody that's listening to this is on the same page with that this is just a safe way of doing it a safer way of being able to do that and it means that you can work in different modes you can keep your eyes on the day-to-day business or day-to-day organizational running operations and how that's working this gives you that horizon as well which is around, you know, what's coming up. And this is just a dedicated pool of resources to make sure that it eyes on the horizon, that you've got that, and that those ideas have got the ability to be supported. That's what it comes down to. Yeah, I like that. The way that it sort of gives you those different ways of considering the future. So encouraging, you know, not only yourself, because most of the senior leaders that we talk to are already sort of really future focused, but it helps them also to direct the gaze of all of the people who are working with them towards that future as well. I really like that. Probably takes a bit of pressure off you as well as a senior leader to not have to come up with all the ideas too, I think. You know, I think that's another, I hadn't really looked at that, but something you said in that last sentence just made me think of that. I was like, well, you know what? You've got all these people just coming up with lots and lots and lots of good ideas. You can just go, ah, yeah, that one. You can almost be like Shark Tank. People come in and be like, who was your first customer? Get out of here. Uh, You? Yeah, that sounds amazing. Sure. I'm going to give you $250,000. Maybe not that much, but, you know, get the idea. Are you looking for innovative ways for your organisation to deliver more impact? Take our online assessment and receive a customised report in your inbox that highlights exactly what to do next. It takes only five minutes to fill out and it's completely free. Visit impactoconsulting.com.au slash self-assessment. We talked a bit about the value, but should we get into now a bit around how can you set this up so that it, it really works well? I think that's a great segue. And I think the first thing is to make sure that you're really clear about what it is and about what it isn't. Because the last thing you want is for that innovation budget to create some concern because people are sort of trying to use it to sort of bolster business as usual type activity. So I think it's about being really clear around the criteria so that it doesn't just get sucked back into the everyday because, you know, as much as having an innovation budget can be really exciting, seeing that innovation budget get sucked back into business as usual is probably equally as whatever the opposite of exciting is for those ideas people (laughs) who are all excited and on board and now all of a sudden they just get to be really disappointed that it's just the same old, same old but with a different label. Mm. So what you're saying is you don't want to use it to get a new cutlery set for the kitchen or something like that, (laughs) an innovative new blue sauces or something like that. 
For all those people who can never find a teaspoon to stir their coffee, they might all be sitting there going, you know, I reckon that's a really good innovation. I'd love a teaspoon. Teaspoon with a string attached to it so that you can't steal it. Maybe we'll just buy the one teaspoon and a piece of string and then use the rest of the budget for something really cool then. What an innovation. That's what you can do if your innovation budget's really low. All right. So yeah, no, I I agree. I think that's a really important starting point is what are you really looking for? I think getting your senior team together or or even collaborating across your organization to to get on the same page with that is is probably a good starting point. And also I like the idea too of like chunking up the money. I mean, you can do it however you want, but that particular CEO we're talking about before, I liked how they sort of had these $5,000 grants and you could apply for it. And But you could even do it in another way where you could say, this is the pool and you can just pitch for what you need. That's another way you could do it. That could just make it a little bit more tricky in terms of managing that budget and give out your $40,000 at the start and you've got 50. It doesn't allow much for anything else. So it's really up to you on how you want to do it. But I think at least having a strategy around that and communicating that. I think anyone who's ever applied for grants, you know, sometimes the amount of detail they ask you to go into and the amount of effort they get you to sort of put into that application process If you spent that on doing anything else, you know, you would have moved your organisation a lot further than the small grant that you're applying for. So I think it's about making sure that there's guide rails and there's criteria, but we don't want our most creative, innovative people to feel like they're drowning in a sea of questions and paperwork. So you want to make sure that you're asking the right information to stimulate their thinking, but not so much information that it feels like a part-time job just trying to access this innovation fund. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. I think where we've seen this done well is like having like a an online web form or something like that that people can fill out. So maybe spend that little bit of time up front making the process easy and, you know, a good user experience so that it's going to encourage people to want to do it to sort of further from what Tracy was saying. Because I agree, if it's something that takes someone like, you know, a week to fill out, the person who gets through probably is just someone who really doesn't mind paperwork versus has the best idea. (laughs) Put me in that situation, I probably just won't want to fill it out because it's just too hard. Whereas somebody else might do it because they, they like that, but doesn't mean the idea is any better or any worse, right? Yeah, I've actually also seen it where there is that organisational sort of almost like a voting process so that those ideas that are really good get elevated by the organisation. And again, it doesn't come down to how good is someone at actually filling out the application form. It comes down to the actual idea and that's a good way of getting everybody else involved as well. Is there anything else around, you know, how to bring this process to life that you think really makes a difference, Dan? I think the other one is around being just as clear as what's the criteria. It's also the criteria around what will happen once the money's been handed out. Being really clear on those expectations, whether you need ongoing reporting from those people around this is where the project's at, this is what we've spent, but also not only from the when it's happening, but also the expectations once it's been delivered. So you might say, we want this delivered within this financial year or within three months. So I think setting those things up front and not not necessarily project by project is good because it helps people know what's expected of them if they are going to apply. And then when they get it, you're all on the same page. You know, I think the most important thing with this is, is that you don't just want the money being allocated and then you're not delivering. I think it's really, really important that you have a framework and a way of checking in on that, whether that be regular meetings or some sort of an online workspace where your team as the senior leaders can go in there and sort of understand here's where project a is project b is just kicking off next week and it should be finished by the end of the quarter 
whatever that looks like, I think you want to have oversight to that. And I think you want to be continuously checking in just to see how people are going because to have that money just go nowhere, I think you can't really afford to do that. And and I, I think that would be bad practice and bad management of it. So I think that's really important. And then finally as well, once that has been agreed on and people are running the projects, you know, what's that end date? Like, is there a point where you say, you know what, your idea, it's not going to work. You know, like you've invested whatever it is, $10,000 into it and it's still not there. When do you call it? I think that's another important part as well. Not just when do you call it, but the other piece that's really important is actually acknowledging that not all projects are going to have the outcome that you intend that they're going to have. And sometimes you can actually learn a lot through a small project not having the outcome you thought it was going to have and actually save yourself a lot of money on implementing something larger at a future date. So I think it's important to also acknowledge those things that are, I guess, not really a win, but the learnings that people get from those, I guess, failed projects. It's really important to share that across the organisation because that's when everyone gets to see that it's actually okay to fail. And then the more people understand that it's okay to fail, the more innovative and creative then that gives them permission to be yeah like we always say no such thing as failing just learning and in this sort of work you you need to learn that's the only way that you get better is by learning you know the first time you fell off your bike you thought i failed i'm never going to ride my bike again you never would be able to ride a bike today so you know that's like anything in life learning is a critical part of progress and that's what innovation is about Another one I'll add is I think what you're trying to do with this money is it's not necessarily about launching the entire thing. It's actually about testing and learning. I think that's the other thing. So again, this comes down to the expectations that you set when you set this process up in your organization is that the whole test and learn element of this is about do it on a smaller scale, develop the idea, launch something, get it out there and run like a little test somewhere, whether it had been one team, one group of customers some clients in a particular location, whatever that is that makes the most sense. But I think that 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 money is about getting a test off the ground and getting some results from that. And then I think it's about looking at those at the end of the quarter or financial year or however you want to divvy that up and then go, okay, so of all those little experiments that we've spent our innovation budget on, these are the ones as an organization we're pretty sure are actually going to be a success for us. I mean, if you've got a big enough budget and you can – afford to have it so that people can go all the way from concept to implementation. Like that's amazing. But I know a lot of organizations we work with don't. So we, we are probably talking $5,000, $10,000 per project type budgets. A lot of the time that's just going to get you something that you can test and a prototype essentially. So yeah, I think that's an important expectation to put out there too for people. I think it's so important because I, otherwise you can sort of hear people <laughs> going, wow, we're not going to be able to launch something for $5,000. And it's not all about execution and getting all the way through. It's, it, it is about giving your people the opportunity to experiment and for everybody across the organisation to learn from those experiments. Yeah. Nice. All right, so just to wrap up, what we're talking about here is how having that separate budget helps to facilitate innovation across your organisation. And the tips that we've really talked about is being absolutely crystal clear so that people understand how to apply, what the process looks like, what's expected of them if they're successful, how that money is going to be used, how to use that 
innovation budget to test and become more innovative and then also communicating not just the wins but the experiments that I guess didn't go and didn't provide the expected outcome to really sort of share that organisational learning. Nice. Some good ideas there. Thanks, Dan. Cool. Cheers. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Innovate for Impact podcast. Any links to what we spoke about today will be posted in the show notes. If you'd like to know more about social innovation, visit our website where we have a heap of tools to help you on your way. Visit impactoconsulting.com.au. Thanks for listening. Now go out there and make an impact.